Welcome back to another episode, THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Bailey. It's me? It's you. Who could it be? It's me. (laughs) Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? How are we doing, B? We're doing phenomenal. We had a great week. We had a great week. I don't know why, but... Because every once in a while, you're due a win. Right? I guess. I think that's fair. And I feel like I put in the, the effort. So it paid off. No one puts in more effort than you do. You absolutely deserve it. Yeah. I got two really nice compliments at work this week. Ooh. One from an advisor that I work for. Mm-hmm. Because not only was I able to help retain the assets of the client, I was so good with them that they're bringing us more. Oh, we love it. Right. Referrals. Yeah. So it started off as like an iffy situation. Like maybe they're going to stay. Maybe they're going to go. I was able to keep the existing assets, but I went so above and beyond that we're bringing in more. Yeah. Good job. So that was really nice. And then this one was sad. So really one of my favorite clients passed away. And so his daughter who I've never spoken with. I really only saw this man like once a year, but every time we saw each other, it was like a reunion. Mm-hmm. Like he always knew my daughter's name and yeah, everything. Yeah, really sweet. Um, so when his daughter called, I didn't recognize her name or even know her who she was. So she gave me the account number and I literally started to cry. <laughs> like the second I read the name and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, your dad and I had a really fun relationship. Yeah. And she's like, excuse me? She's like, do you have the right account pulled up? Because <laughs> uh, I was just thinking he probably is just like that kind of outgoing person. No, she literally was like, I've never heard anyone <gasps> talk about my dad. Oh, my God. The way that you're talking about my dad. Oh, that probably was so nice for her. It was incredible. I'm like, it took me a couple years. I'm like, I get that. I'm like, but once I cracked through, like, there was no going back. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. So that just made me feel really special. That's sweet. I'm sure she made her feel special too. Yeah. No, she was so taken aback. Like, (laughs) wait, wait, my dad? (laughs) Are you sure you have the right person? That's so funny. So yeah, those were definitely some highlights as far as my work week goes. All right. We love it. Um, when did your kids start to really appreciate music? I feel like they started from like a very young age. Um, I mean, appreciate it or just have like fun with it. I mean, I feel like all toddlers like music. It's music. Dude, you know my kid has horrible taste in music. Yeah, but that's what's fun. Like the worst taste in music possible. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so thank God this week. Uh, Nick was cleaning out the garage and so she was out there with him and I was blaring my music in the kitchen. Okay. What were you listening to? Lady Gaga. Yes. I was just listening to Lady Gaga putting on my makeup. Yeah. And so she comes in to get a snack or something and she stops 
And she's like listening to the song and it was Monster. Yeah. And so I'm like trying to explain the song to her. I'm like, it's about this boy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they fall in love, but he eats her heart. Then he takes her brain out. Right. And she's so fucking into it. So now every day this week, at some point, she'll just be like, Mom, can we do the monster song? And she fucking lives for it. The whole idea of the big bad wolf and eating the girl and it being a love story. There you go. Yeah. It's so cute. I don't know. My kids always just, I never played like toddler music. So they were into it the way your kids are into, like the way Violet was into whatever, wheels on the bus or whatever. Um, You know, Zoe was into Beyonce, just toddlers like music. But even with like Steph's two girls, like, Olive's always been into music and she sings the songs and she's like a performer and like I don't see the same thing in Winnie and I just I feel like I don't know with like Lila and Zoe I saw it more in them also than I did maybe in Wyatt or Violet oh no yeah Wyatt's too shy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right now Zoe's into all the Taylor Swift songs that I don't like oh that's ideal in case uh, nobody knows this I'm a hardcore Swiftie yeah you're the sad Swiftie the sadder the Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift song the better I just want to be depressed listening to it give me a good old cardigan sweater and a sob fest that's what I love Um, but yeah, no, Zoe's super into Shake It Off and mm-hmm. Bad Blood. Of and, course, yeah. And she can name them. She's like, can we listen to Bad Blood? Can we listen to Shake It Off? So, yeah, she's into the super. And I would say that's true of the other kids, too, when they were younger. Like, they liked, you know, let's say Taylor Swift or whoever. But it was always like the more upbeat songs. Right. You know, give them a good uh, clapping rhythm or a foot stomp. Lila's transitioning, right? She recommended the song that you and Lou both ended up really liking, right? Um, something she saw on YouTube or yeah she's into this band that was like actually good music which we were surprised about some band we never heard of you thought it was like a band of yours we thought it was the Beatles there you go yeah which I'm not a big fan of but it does you it still appreciate like it yeah the Beatles mm-hmm. um, you know so we'll see what happens as they get older what they get into why it's actually more into like music and pop music than Lila is okay um, why it's super into like he'll actually he has access to lose Spotify and he'll put on um, Sean Mendez he likes a lot love Sean Mendez yep and he'll just put on stuff like that uh, sometimes he'll put on the Jonas Brothers so he's more into like pop music than Lila is okay and then it's so funny because Lou will just hit like shuffle play on his Spotify yeah and it'll be like Rage Against the Machine. And then like a Wyatt song. NWA. Yeah. Sean Mendez. <laughs> yeah. Coco Melon from Zoe. <laughs> and then like uh, to put Zoe to bed, we put on these like rain sounds through Spotify. Mm-hmm. Like a rain, one hour organ- rainstorm. Oh! <laughs> like what is going on on my Spotify? <laughs> oh, I love it. So funny. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. Because I was convinced that it was going to be her and Nick and their shitty taste in music against me forever. And now I have hope. What's Nick's shitty taste in music? Just old man music. It's fine. It's just... Like 70s? Yeah. Rock? Mm-hmm. I mean, picture his parents. The kind of stuff that they like dance to and yeah, rock I've never out seen, to. I've never seen Nick like be into... I've never seen him put on music ever in my life. Like Lou puts on music all the time. Yeah, no. Nick will listen to a podcast before he'll listen to music. Yeah. Nope. Lou. I mean, Lou listens to podcasts too, but he's a he's a music dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nick has some. Like, we definitely have some music that we both like, like Sublime, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bruno Mars, that kind of stuff. Exactly. But Bruno was something that he had to be like brought on to. I know Lou too. I really had to convince him of him. Mm-hmm. And like right now, while I was in the kitchen listening to the music. 
it was Miley Cyrus and that's like his new girlfriend. And so he taught me how to put it onto the big speaker because he didn't mind me listening to his new girlfriend. Well, and her new songs are like basically 80s songs anyways. They're amazing. They're so great. Yeah. Yeah. Lou loves music, but his taste definitely stops in the early 90s. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where he. But I feel like that's true of everybody. Like I. I listen to new music, like we just said, the new Miley Cyrus or whatever, but I feel like your music tastes kind of end maybe when you're like a senior in high school, early adulthood. Yeah. And so for Lou, because he's old as fuck, that was the early to mid 90s. Right. So that's where he left off. Like I love Travis Scott and Nick just cannot understand why. Yeah. No, I like a lot of like new people, but if you like forced my hand to listen to something for the rest of my life. Right. You're going to go back to what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I'd probably just pick Taylor Swift, to be honest. Just give me, give me all the Taylor Swift albums. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Anyways. um, I don't know. It's been a pretty boring week for me. I don't, I haven't done much. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not true because you have three children and you're constantly running around. And no, I'm not. Ugh. I'm not constantly running around at all. I guess. I don't know. We're, no, there, it's There's nothing to run around to. There's no like ex- extracurricular right. activities going on. Right. There's no sports going on. Yeah. I pick them up from school and then we come home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we went to the park yesterday. Again, my family, the only family wearing masks. Every time we go to the park, we're the only ones wearing masks. I know. We feel like lepers. But then I'm like, I don't want to be the people not wearing masks. Right. Um, so we went to the park today. I always have our masks. And one of the little girls like asked, like, why is she wearing a mask? And it's like, well, because there's still cooties around. And she just looked at me and smiled. And she's like, cooties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's just how we look at it. And it's like there's cooties. Yeah, no one's ever said anything about us wearing masks, and I never said anything it, about people she not was wearing just, masks. It was obviously just like an out of curiosity kind of. No, thing. I know. I was mm-hmm. thinking more of like yeah. the parents. Mm-hmm. I keep waiting for somebody to say something because all the parents aren't wearing them besides me. But no one ever has. Everyone's always cool about it. Yeah, but and, and that's just it. It's like I think at this point, if we could all just be respectful of each other's wishes and just get on with our lives, I am really impressed by. <laughs> Your kid, Zoe, who can literally master anything with wheels. I know. It's How is she yours? <laughs> I don't know. Um, we went back to that park because that video I showed you, she was going down like a smaller hill. Mm-hmm. So you know how that park has like that amphitheater? Yeah, the first one. Uh-huh, that big dip. Yep. yep. She does that now. No That's problem. So I couldn't even do that. I would fall flat on nope. my face. She just barges it on her little balance bike. And then we took her balance bike over on a walk today to the kind of smoother roaded neighborhood and they have like um ramped driveways yeah. and then there's like the bump from the curb down and she was i mean luckily nobody was home hopefully they don't have a camera on their driveway because they're gonna think we're insane but she kept going up to the top of somebody's driveway and then like barging down up and over the bump it was so funny if that was my driveway i would just be happy to see a kid enjoying it i know i just don't want them to be i mean they obviously have kids because they have a swing set in the backyard okay. but um i'm like oh, i hope they don't think this is like an insurance liability. Like I would never sue anybody yeah, over anything. Right. But Keep writing until you get hurt because these people look like they got money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would never sue anybody. Pretend like anything. he hit you with the car. <laughs> I sue myself because I'm the one who let my kid do it. Uh, amazing. Yeah. And then that we have my brother in town with his girlfriend. I know everybody. We're in the middle of a panini. I know. But they followed all the rules. They followed all the rules. They had negative tests like 24 hours before they flew out. And uh, they flew out from the Midwest. My dad has cancer. So that's why if you guys have been listening to every episode, you'll know my sister was out for the same reason. 
um, to visit, get some dad time. But they got their negative COVID tests to make sure that they were healthy enough to be around dad, first of all, because he's going Obviously. through chemo. But last time I saw my brother, he struggled for quite a few years with drug addiction. And then he went to rehab in California. And that was last time I saw him was he was getting out of rehab. And then he moved to Wisconsin with his mom because that's where my stepmom's originally from. So they packed up. They moved back to Wisconsin where her family's from. And I haven't seen him since. It's been three and a half years, almost four years. And I... There's not, I I can't even get into it because I don't want to cry on the podcast how happy I am. He's it's so healthy I know. and confident because he's always been a very sweet, funny kid. Yeah. Always. No, incredible. And uh, drug addiction just stole that from him, just mm-hmm. took his soul. And so to see him happy and healthy and I confident and funny. And, gushing. I know. To Nick over dinner last night. Yeah. Just like, I can't even believe that that's the same. Yep. Person. Just a whole new person. Mm-hmm. I just, I love it. And with dad being as sick as he is, I mean, hopefully he comes through it. There's a chance he doesn't. But what a blessing to see your boy. Well, dual, it looks and talks exactly like my dad. Yeah. They have the same vocal mannerisms, the same physical mannerisms. And I was like, I was ready to cry when I saw him because I was like, even if we, eventually we have to lose dad. If it's not we now, all will. it has yeah, to happen eventually. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, but I still have like a version of my dad. Here. I know it's oh, Ugh, I'm gonna incredible, cry. but yeah. So, but they fly back home, and his girlfriend is super, super sweet. She's so nice, love it. And hearing everything they've gone through just to get here, <laughs> just to like, get here, and God bless them, <laughs> get here healthy and safe. And like I said, I know we're in the middle of a a, a panini, a pandemic, yeah. but. Um, they took all the precautions necessary to make sure they get out here safe. And if there's any reason to travel, I think to see loved ones who are ill and dying is really high up there on the list. I mean, look, there's only so much you can do. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's been the highlight of my week. But it has been. I mean, he's only been here for at my house for a couple days. So, yeah, it has been a boring week. I have really not done much. I even put off my research, honestly, guys, until like today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I've been um still upping my skincare routine. I ordered eye cream. I'm waiting for it to get here. What kind of eye cream? Like a nighttime, a retinol? I think, a- I don't know. It's from e.l.f. and it's just a hydrating eye cream. It's supposed to hydrate and brighten. Girl, I saw that literally on YouTube today. And oh, really? the makeup artist was raving about it. Yeah, it's part of the same skincare line. It's like, line. hello, hydration. Yep. Because yep. that's the same, that's all the same line I just bought that I talked about last week yep. with the the face wash, the moisturizer, mm-hmm. and or the moisturizing serum, yeah, the toner, and now I got the eye cream, yeah, and they got me because it already you spend fifteen you get free shipping, so I always do fifteen, obviously. But then they're like, if you spend twenty five, we give you two free gifts. And oh like, well, I need that in okay. my life, yeah. So yeah, I got the eye cream, I got the hydrating, um, coconut mist, like setting mist. Oh, sounds amazing. And um, and then I just got a couple of like makeup things just yeah. to hit that $25 mark. Did they have any of the mint melt collection available? I, I didn't look into it. Yeah. So I don't know. I doubt they do. I was, yeah. But the Jelly Pop uh, Dew Primer, it's fine. It's not my favorite. I kind of like their old the creamy. I didn't, I never got the putty. I had oh. like the pump cream primer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I kind of like that better. Okay. The the jelly pop is a little tacky feeling to me. Mm-hmm. So once I use that up, I might try their putty. Okay. Go to the poreless putty mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel I want something hydrating, but this feels more on the tacky side. Okay. But I will say tonight's the first time I've like 
done my makeup. Yeah. And I feel like my skin looks amazing. And I'm in the middle of a breakout. And I feel like once I got everything on with my concealer and everything, I was like. Worth the money right there. Oh, look, my skin looks great. So. Love that. That's literally all I've been doing. Yeah. Skincare, shopping for makeup, getting ready for my brother to get here. You mean doing things to make yourself feel better? Uh, Just trying. Uh Uh-huh. Trying, trying. Yeah. So our girlfriend, her son just started school this week, Buster. Uh-huh. And so Hillary, she's like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm like, literally anything for yourself. I'm like, I understand you still have like an almost one-year-old like, at home. Does she have a baby at home? But still, I'm like, just do something for you, yeah. right? Put the kid in front of the TV for like a half an hour and just do something. Paint your nails. Read something on the internet. I don't care. Just do something TikTok. for you. TikTok. I cannot believe our friends are not into TikTok. I know. The amount of time they could be killing just TikToking. But I was really proud because she comes back with, is it too early to crack open a beer? And no, I'm like, girl, if I was home not. right now, if I was fucking home right now, I would get wasted with you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So that uh, just made me feel good. I'm like, yes, please, girl. Fucking drink that beer. Live your life. Just do something for you. It's so hard right now. Every little bit that we can do to make ourselves feel better is only going to make the people around us feel better because we're going to be happier. Yep. Um, I remember Lila going to like preschool and stuff didn't throw me too much. But then when Wyatt went, I remember because it was like the age difference. They're so close in age. And you thought that was going to be your like last baby and we thought i thought for sure why it was gonna be our yeah. last so mm-hmm. when lila started it wasn't a big deal when Wyatt started because when lila started i always had Wyatt still and he's old enough he's not a baby he was a toddler so we would drop sissy off and then we'd go get starbucks right we'd go to the park we would hang out and then it was like when Wyatt went to pre-k you're like now what? i was like i'm by myself it was the first time i didn't buy myself in yeah five years or whatever uh, six years and so I remember because his pre-k was so far off from where we lived and they only go for like a few hours a day yeah I'm like I'm not gonna drive all the way home in Bay Area traffic to turn around and drive back you know so I would just go to Starbucks with a book and order my iced coffee and hang out at Starbucks Sounds and just like wait wait it out but yeah I remember the first week it was very bizarre and very bittersweet for sure but, you know, now I'm about to go through it all over again with uh, Zozo Bear. The best. Yeah, the best, the worst. That's I think that sums up having kids. It's the best and the worst. It's all the best, worst one. thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely the best mm-hmm. when it traded for anything. I've personally always wanted to be a mom. But you I'm know, still not sure. It's still <laughs> fucking hard. It's still super, super hard. I'm like, can I keep her but not be the mom? <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should have just been like a nanny. Mm-hmm. You would have been a great nanny. You would have been a great camp counselor. You're telling me, man. I really <laughs> missed out on a lot of things. I still am convinced that I would have been the best beer cart girl on the golf course ever. Uh-huh. Or just any job where you, where you have to sell drunk people things. Yeah. You could, have, you could have sold them anything. Yeah. Oh, well. I can't sell you assholes to leave me a comment, but... <laughs> Oh, hey, by the way, guys, I'm sure you all know this, but if you want to help the podcast, just leave us a, a good review on any streaming sites you're listening to us. So there we go. We figured it out. It's not a thumbs up or a star or a... I don't know. I was just listening to a podcast earlier, and um, they said 
at the beginning, which I got to get in the habit of doing it at the top, all of our social media stuff. Yeah, because we really lose you guys. <laughs> yeah. at the end. By the time we're done with Married at First Sight and all that, no one's listening anymore. Oh, my goodness. Um, That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you leave like five star reviews or leave good reviews on wherever you're listening, I guess it helps us a lot. Sure. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need the help. We already have way more listeners than we thought we were going to have. And we don't have that many listeners now. So but it's still more than it's the three. More than we ever oh. could have imagined. We got a shout. When you start talking, I'll look it up. We got a shout out the TikTok, Our TikTok person yes. who left us a beautiful comment. Our fellow TikToker. So girl, I'm assuming girl person. I'm going to shout you out um, once I look it up after B is talking. <laughs> so I had just woken up. Right. This was the following morning. We had just podcasted. Yes. So I had just woken up because Nick lets me sleep. Yes. And yours is the first thing I see on my phone and I read it and I like I'm so emotional because I'm still drunk. <laughs> still I'm drunk. Like, <laughs> that 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 hangover is so emotional the next day. And I, Nick's like, what's up with you? And I'm like, look. And so I show him and he's like, on what platform? And I'm like, motherfucking TikTok. And he's like, it makes it mean so much more to you, doesn't it? Yes. I'm like, we've really met our our people. Because it's on TikTok, which is both of our favorite social media. And the picture. Is SpongeBob. It's fucking SpongeBob. They don't know this because we've never talked about SpongeBob, but we're both hardcore SpongeBob fans. Hard. Like when B got her first apartment, half the decor was just SpongeBob decor. Which I then kept and I'm still currently trying to push on my daughter you can push it on my daughter because she's obsessed with spongebob every time she goes down for a nap and i like have an an inkling that she's gonna wake up i'll put it on nickelodeon if spongebob's on so she'll be like oh look i'll sit down and cuddle with you and watch this okay real quick let's talk about spongebob so let's do it um i always watched the classics the seasons what one through six or whatever like you know classic spongebob Mm -hmm. the best episodes Mm mm-hmm And then I stopped watching new episodes because I was a full grown adult and having kids and stuff. Now that Zoe's watching it and we're watching Spongebob like live on on TV, like the new episodes. Okay. I don't like them very much. I can't say that I've seen a current episode. They've gotten real weird. And I understand. Because the creator died. The creator died. And also there's only so many episodes of you could that you can do of anything before it gets weird. You got to start coming up besides the Simpsons, like out of pocket. That will just never end. Yeah. But the Simpsons also take on current events. Right. Versus SpongeBob. (laughs) They're just stuck in this fucking ocean, ocean bubble. Um, But it's gotten like way more like slapstick, way grosser, way. I don't know. I feel like SpongeBob used to have was like a sweeter innocence. Mm hmm to them like it was still slapstick and goofy and whatever but him and Patrick had like a real sweetness about them and that's like everything's so exaggerated like Patrick's not just dumb anymore he's basically like Like a a Neanderthal yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like Spongebob is like dumb and loud and it's just like they it feels like they took kind of the sweetness out of the show that's a bummer that's how that's just how I feel I challenge you to watch a new episode and tell me how you feel about it okay so Violet keeps watching Mickey Mouse on YouTube and it's for sure not old mickey mouse it's like new mickey mouse they look weird they look old like they make it look like an old-fashioned cartoon but but you know it's not yes that's a weird Mickey. that shit's fucking crazy that blew my mind because i was watching it thinking it was an old one and i'm like what the fuck is going on yeah that was something that my stepdad introduced my kids to yeah and they they loved it watching with him and it's not that it's 
inappropriate. It's but border, it's borderline. It's, it's pushing it. Yeah, it's, it's really, weird. It's like Mickey for teens almost. Almost. Uh huh. You know, like I'd be into it, <laughs> but I feel weird watching it with my kid. No, but even me, it gets a little bit much for me. But I'm much more sensitive than you are. But right. like. Like, I love Amazing World of Gumball. Love that. And I feel like that Mickey show is more mature. Oh, not yeah. Not as in, like, uh, quality, just, like, as in the age of kids that should be watching yes. it. It's, like, it's more um, risque, violent, gross. I don't know. The uh, yeah. Amazing World of Gumball. Absolutely. It's um, darker. It's like darker. A, it's like a dark humor. It's weird. Yeah, they definitely. They took you know, it there. They were trying to <laughs> they do something. They took it there. All right. We got to get into this case. Forever. Talking, rambling. Yeah. All good. All good. This is episode 29 and we are doing the Bonnie and Clyde case. Which really good case. pick, by the way. Really? I think so. After last week, which you still haven't gotten over. I am over it. This one actually, I don't know if it's because I'm so desensitized to reading about like brutal serial killers. I was a little bored doing my research this week, Mm -hmm. but it picked up. Mm -hmm. It picked up. It just took me a while. I think I was just so excited to have my brother here and it was like taking up such a big part of my mind this week that I almost pushed this off till Saturday night. Yeah. But then I was like, no, because I want B to hang out with, with him. So, um, I did all my research today. <laughs> Sounds fine. And uh, like I said, once I started reading about it, I got much more into it. But it was just hard to get me mentally ready for it. For sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And plus, like I said, we're so used to like serial killers who have 30 bodies hidden We've in the basement. We've been a little aggressive lately. <laughs> We've been going from like just hor- horrifying, make you want to like hide and cry mm-hmm. to like We'll pretend that this is based on something true. Just yeah, kidding. You know, <laughs> and then we're going to stab you in the heart again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like kind of in the middle. Yeah. We're, we've been on a real roller coaster. And I think this is fun because it's a case that everybody knows at least something about. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, they're icons. Yeah. Do you want to refill my wine? <laughs> no. Please. <laughs> That's a silly question. So I got everything from. Dude, I tried to. I tried to read so many articles and they are all the exact same. So it's whatever. Um, I also had started kind of listening to a podcast, but um, I didn't finish it. So I can't recommend it or not because I'm sure it was great. But I just I got distracted. I stopped listening. So we're going to go with Wikipedia and a great article from ThoughtCo.com. Jennifer Rosenberg. Okay, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, girl. Let me take a sip of my wine, guys, because we've actually been talking since even before we started the podcast. We've been talking for a minute. It's so funny because I came over here the other day hoping to get to spend some time with your brother and his girlfriend. Your husband was on a rant, girl. (laughs) He did not stop talking once the whole time I was over the other day. He had just gotten home from work, so I was like, I'm like, I get it. I'll let you have your moment, but... (laughs) I was like, I wanted my time. I'm, so, I'm sorry, B. I wanted my time with my little duel. And he's all, you know, he's all Twitter pated, so there's a good chance he'll be in bed when we get in there. And that's yeah, that's fine. They're still they're still very sweet. It's still a f- couple years in, so they're like, oh, I know. We go everywhere together. I know. Like, oh god, right. us and our husbands were like, we'll see you later. Well, <laughs> so I was trying to tell you this on the way out as we were walking here that I think it's so funny. How I look forward to cuddling up on a couch with you <laughs> at the end of my work week every week. Yeah, baby. Because even if I was at home, it's not like Nick and I would be sitting together. Nope. Nick would be playing his game. 
You'd be watching uh, Real Housewives of somewhere. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. All right, well, I'll be the Clyde to your Bonnie. Do you want to be Bonnie or do you want to be Clyde? I'm both. No, I know. I'm just saying in in life. In life, in life, I think I'm for sure a Bonnie. You think so? All right, I'll be Clyde. Yeah. Fine. Or we could just both be Bonnies. It's a new world. Okay, so 1930s America, we're in the middle of the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of the Dust Bowl Mm -hmm. era. Um, people are poor as fuck. Yep. I'm going to butcher this because I didn't write it down, but I read that just to wrap your brain around how bad it was. Okay. You, maybe you can help me. Is the GDP a thing? Yeah. GDP. It sounds like something great. Sounds like something significant. It has something to do with like the money of America. Yeah. And so the GDP dropped the, during the, recession the bush era recession okay remember that no but sure yes you do you were probably in college or had just graduated college because i was living um yeah and i was in a great mental place (laughs) it's like having a midlife crisis yeah i know but i'm just saying um you remember everyone getting like laid off everyone lost their jobs and then we voted in obama and he saved us all i mean sure the point is, is during that difficult time that you blacked out of your memory with booze, uh, the GDP <laughs> fell 1%. Okay. It fell 1%. One whole percent. And that's how bad things got. Yeah. The Great Depression, it fell 15%. Yeah. It was a catastrophe. Yeah. So I just wanted you guys to wrap your brain around how bad people were doing. It was awful. It was awful. So growing up in the middle of this awfulness is Bonnie Parker. She's born in 1910 in Rowena, Texas. She's one of three kids. 1910, just to wrap your brain around that. Well, and just to wrap your brain around, I also watched this thing again. I'm not going to say the title of it because I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the first like five minutes. But the BBC did like a documentary on Bonnie and Clyde and they interviewed Bonnie's relatives because it's like her nieces and stuff are all still alive and they're really close to their families. So it's not like, oh, yeah, this like aunt I had was like kind of aloof and an outlaw and whatever. It's like, no, no, Aunt Bonnie. Aunt Bonnie. She was there. Yeah. So, yep. They remember their aunt. And like even like some of their friends are still alive. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Because this is the other uh, time thing that'll blow your mind. Barbara Walters yes. was born the same year as Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank. Shut the fuck up. I will not shut the fuck up. They were all, it, I want to say 29, but that could be wrong. But it's definitely in the 20s. You are blowing my mind right now. Right? I feel like I'm time traveling. <laughs> right? Can what? you go, Martin Luther King Jr., fine. And Anne Frank. Frank? Whoa. Anne Frank. Whoa. <laughs> Girl, that's it right there that hits hard wow so keep going barbara you're looking great you girl <laughs> you're doing great barbara give us some tips so uh, i think the tip is be rich mm-hmm. so um at four years old uh bonnie's dad who i mean he was successful they they had a good life i believe he was a bricklayer again didn't write it down so mm-hmm. he dies unexpectedly So her mom, Emma, moves the family back to her parents' home in a slum in the western Dallas area called Cement City. And it's called Cement City because it's this area that they set up for the workers of the cement plants that are outside of Dallas. Okay. Makes sense to me. So it's a slum slum. It's like a not a great place to live. Nope. 
Um, she grows up to be five feet, although I did read somewhere that said 4'11", but... Same difference. Most people said five feet. Yeah. So um, she grew up to be five feet, 90 pounds. She's got strawberry blonde hair. She's really pretty. Mm -hmm. She's really smart. She's a really good student. She loves to write poetry. Um, And most of her poetry is about like adventure, moving away, outlaws. Yeah. Great. A romantic. Yes. But like, um, you know. She's on the darker side of romance. Us. Like, yeah, she's already there. <laughs> Even as like a teenager, she's right. like already kind of thinking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second, in her second year of high school, Bonnie meets a boy named Roy Thornton. They drop out of high school together and they get married six days before Bonnie's 16th birthday. Dang. Um, marriage t- uh, turns out it's a little difficult, especially because Roy's always gone. Committing crimes. Oh, so okay. her her husband, um, because she never married Clyde, mm. so her husband right, okay. Roy was a criminal as well. Okay, she's got a type. Well, yeah. Um, in 1929, Roy is locked up for robbery, and they never get a divorce, but they also never see each other again. Yeah. Well, so there we go. Not marrying Clyde. That's the end of Roy. Mm-hmm. So now Bonnie's 19 years old. She's forced to move back in with her mom in Cement City. She becomes a waitress. She starts writing in her diary. And she writes about her loneliness and her boredom and her all-around impatience with her life in Dallas. She's fucking over it. Yeah. So Clyde Barrow is born 1909 um, to tenant farmers. He's one of eight kids. Tenant farmers are the, the they're like migrant farmers. They like uh, travel around okay. from farm to farm looking for work. Uh-huh. They're extremely fucking poor, like live in a tent poor. Because mm-hmm. remember, besides the Great Depression, this is the Dust Bowl era. So right. all the farms are dried up. It's kind of like the original Skid Row. Like the, the, the way that people would camp out. Yeah, I guess so. I don't mm-hmm. know, but sure. The migrant camps and all that. Yep. And so, yeah, they're looking for farm work, but all the farms are dried up, so there's not much work to go around. Yeah. At 12 years old, his parents give it up. They move to West Dallas, and they open a gas station, which let's talk about the fact that, like, God, was it just so... I mean, I know it's not easy because it's the Great Depression, but you can just open a gas station. Seriously. It would be so hard to do that now. The amount of capital you would need. Who can afford gas? (laughs) And you're going to open a gas station. It just feels like everything now is so much harder. There's so many more, like so much more red tape and loans and people involved and hoops to jump through. I, it's crazy. So yeah, let's These just poor migrant farmers. What, did they build the building themselves? Girl, and, I don't know. And go and pump the gas for like, but they, I mean, good on them. Yeah. I just wish it was also a little bit easier for us to open gas stations. Yeah, if we want to, I'll go fucking open a gas station right now. <laughs> for real. I'd be great. So West Dallas is a rough neighborhood. I mean, you know, it's kind of the hood, right? Clyde flourishes. What? Just the idea of Dallas being hood and all I'm picturing is like cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, West Texas, it's yeah. rough. It's all factory workers. Yeah. It's roughnecks. I know. I just, it's just me and my stupid fantasies <laughs> in my own head. Your boy Clyde flourishes. He loves it. Um him and his big brother, Marvin, who goes by Buck. So from now on, I'll call him Buck. Marvin's a great name, but okay, Buck. Buck. Um, they often get in trouble for stealing. They even steal cars. And 
small Clyde stands at five foot seven, 130 pounds. He has a few girlfriends um, before he meets Bonnie, but he never gets married. Okay. Nothing too serious. Mm -hmm. So January 1930, Bonnie meets Clyde at a friend's house at a little get together. Um, They're instantly attracted to each other. She is. I mean, obviously, she's pretty. She's attracted because Clyde's not classically handsome. Okay. But um, he's got sparkling brown eyes and a cocky smirk, and he Mm -hmm. just seems like he's up to something. He Mm -hmm. seems mischievous, right? He's trouble. That's hot, dude. It's hot. He's trouble. So a few weeks later, Clyde's arrested and sentenced to two years in prison. March 11th, 1930, Bonnie... Gets him out by smuggling in a gun and he makes an escape. That's the other thing about back in the day. You could break out of jail way easier. Yeah. People broke out of jail all, all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's uh, he's in jail. Bonnie smuggles him in a gun. He escapes. He's recaptured a week later. Now he's sentenced to 14 years in the brutal East Ham prison farm, um, which is like, it's like a work, like, Modern day slavery, basically. Yes. It's like what you see on TV Absolutely. when they're on like chain gangs yes. working in a field. Picture the officers or the guards on their horses. With guns. Uh-huh. Very, oh brother, where art thou? Yes, absolutely. That's a great description. Mm-hmm. That's totally what I'm picturing. Um, life there is absolutely unbearable. I found this in on Wikipedia, <clears throat> but it didn't say it anywhere else. So I don't know the validity of this. This could be somebody just adding shit. They said that he was possibly sexually assaulted in prison and that he killed his. Um, who is that? Uh, his cellmate? No, it's not a cellmate, but whoever did it. His, oh, the the rapist. Yeah. Whoever. The assaulter. Yeah. Assailant. Yeah. He killed him. And then somebody else who was doing life in prison took the rap for it. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if that's true. That's just a rumor. Let us know in the comments. I'm sure all the Bonnie and Clyde experts will let us know. Um, but either way, he's desperate to get out. So he thinks that if he has some sort of injury, they'll transfer him to like a non-working, just like a regular prison. Mm-hmm. So he has a fellow inmate cut off two of his toes. Nice. And then guess what happens? Any idea which two? No, they didn't say. Okay. But I do know that six days later, his mom gets him out of prison. Hey. She petitions for his release, which he didn't know. Way to go, mama. Yeah, but now he cut off his two toes for no oh, reason. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was because of the toes. No, his mom was already doing this shit. <laughs> so now he's toeless for no reason. Eh. And he walks with a limp for the rest of his life. Well, that's fair. Um. So his sister, Marie said, quote, something awful must have happened to him in prison because he wasn't the same person when he got out. Okay. So and, that kind of backs that up. And his, I didn't write this down either. This is going to be the theme of the episode. But his cellmate kind of said the same thing where it's like he came in. I watched him go from a schoolboy to like basically like a monster. Yeah. Like basically watched him toughen up in yeah. here. Um, fresh out of prison. We're still in the Great Depression. There's no fucking jobs. Yeah. There's nothing to do. So once his feet heal he gets back to robbing yeah back to the old family business he um starts the barrow gang mm-hmm. which at any point is him and one to two guys all the way up to like five guys yeah and i didn't list their names because who cares but right. you know if you're related to any of the barrow gang i apologize shout out to you 
Um, so they rob stores, gas stations. Uh, once they go to rob a hardware store, and this time Bonnie joins because she's back with her boo, right? Okay. So Bonnie joins in on this one. She stays in the car for yep. the hardware store robbery. Okay. Um, something happens. The cops show up. One member of the gang gets arrested, and so does Bonnie. But is she like a getaway driver, or is she just on the just side? They just said that she was in the car. Okay. I don't know if she was there to be the driver. Then I would assume she's just sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Waiting it out. But because she was in the car, they release her because mm-hmm. they have no like sufficient evidence to charge her with anything. She yeah. was just in the car. Yeah. Um. So she's released. She's in jail for a couple months. She's released. The other member is arrested and sentenced, and he never rejoins the Barrow gang. Mm-hmm. Barrow gang. Mm-hmm. Barrow. Barrow. So while Bonnie's in jail for her few months awaiting trial um Clyde and another member of his gang try to rob a general store something goes wrong with that one they end up shooting and killing the owner John they are the worst thieves ever no they're pretty good thieves but you know sometimes shit happens (laughs) um once Bonnie's out she's reunited with Clyde um by now Clyde and the Barrow gang are notorious and Clyde refuses to return to prison. He just will not do it ever. He will die first. So this means that by Bonnie like committing to him. It's like declaring war. Well, and it's also like she knows that she's committing to like to death. death before capture. Right. Um, over the next two years, Bonnie and Clyde lead the Barrow gang on a string of robberies across Texas, Oklahoma, <clears throat> Missouri, Louisiana, New Mexico. They stay close to state borders because at that time, police can't cross state lines to chase Bad guys. Yes. Uh huh. Um, Clyde changes cars frequently. He's great at stealing cars. He changes them all the time and he is always studying maps and he gets like an uncanny knowledge of like country back roads. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great knowledge to have. So sometimes the robberies go bad. Like on Christmas Day, 1932, when sometimes. they kill Doyle Johnson while stealing his car. Um, they also kill a couple police officers. Uh, there's also rumors again this was on wikipedia of a drunken shootout like a country fair um and then there's uh they kill an officer during like the police are setting up a trap to catch actually a different criminal and they wander into the trap and they i guess kill a cop in that shootout okay it's hard to tell who all they actually killed because it gets to a point where the police start blaming them for all kinds of stuff and it's like hard to weed out what they actually did and what the police blamed them for. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting take on it. So allegedly, allegedly, right. Since the hardware robbery, hardware store robbery where Bonnie was sitting in the car, which had happened in April. Okay. Um, they've killed five people. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly five people. Gotcha. March, 1933 Clyde's big bro buck is released from prison. Him and his wife, Blanche, join Bonnie and Clyde Blanche. in... Blanche. Blanche. Anything of the Golden Gordon? Yes! Um, they, they join them in their apartment. That's their hideout in Joplin, Missouri. Okay. And there's other members in the gang, too. I'll end up listing them, but I think they're with, like, at least two other people besides our two main couples, Bonnie and Clyde, Buck and Blanche. Fucking Blanche. All right. Buck's way better now. I'm, I'm a B&B. Yeah. I'm an approval. 
After a few weeks of hanging out, drinking, playing card games, kicking it. Sounds like a great time. Clyde notices two cop cars pull up to their apartment. And on April 13th, which is a Thursday, I looked it up. So I'm like, what if it's a Friday the 13th? It's a Thursday. April 13th, 1933, a shootout ensues. They kill an officer. They wound another. They get in the car. They make their getaway. They... They they do it. They drive away, but they have to leave everything behind. Okay. Right? Including Buck's parole papers. Ooh. So now they know exactly who was there. Dang. Including rolls of undeveloped film and Bonnie's poems. Okay. Um, they uh, develop the film, and this is where they find what you'll see today if you look up images of Bonnie and Clyde. Th- these are the pictures you'll find. Okay. These are the iconic pictures they're dressed up. Um, you know, Bonnie's always in a dress and heels. Clyde's in his suits. They're in front of cars. So here is where I had a really hard time figuring out my outfits for this week. So many options. Well, no. For her, she's in the same outfit in every fucking picture. Because it's all the same roll of film. But either he's changing his suit or she's taking pictures with different men. Because there's a ton of different outfit choices for Clyde she's, where she's wearing the same fucking dress she's probably taking pictures with the other members of the gang because there's Clyde there's Buck and then there's like one or two dudes that they're with so I'm hoping my inspiration I, I could not figure out which one was Clyde because she's like affectionate with two different looking men yeah and then like in a other pictures, she's like shooting at one, and then they're more playful or whatever. That's Clyde. The oh. one where she's holding a gun up to the to him. It looks like a shotgun or something, like a rifle. Fuck. That's Clyde. But aren't they all just in like three piece suits? But yeah, but you know me. I'm trying to like really nail down the details. <laughs> so I'm. This is clearing up my issues for this week, okay. and I appreciate it. So sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Don't ever be sorry. Um, so yeah, they're start. They're standing in front of a car. They're they're great nice, pictures. Mm-hmm. Pointing guns at each other, looking tough. Yeah. Um, Super cool. Smoking cigars. Uh huh. And um, the pictures of the two of them are very, I don't know if sweet's the right word. Because like we said, he's, she's like playfully holding a rifle up to him. And he's kind of like smirking down at her. Yeah. So the police publish these pictures as like a warning to the public. Like mm-hmm. look at, and also like look at these, look at these people with their guns and whatever. Right, acting all cocky. Mm-hmm. The public eat it up. I know. They love it. Mm-hmm. These These guys are young and wild and free and they are definitely they're fucking sexy yeah they're fucking for the time they're sexy well and that's what they talk about in this article is about how um that's true of other criminals as well as far as like public fascination with like john dillinger yeah these other criminals but they're much more stoic you're like classic yeah. kind of criminals. And then this is the first time where it's a couple. Yeah. And they're both, like you said, sexy. And she's just as like cocky she's and badass, badass as he is. Mm-hmm. And it fact, takes it to a new level. And the fact that it's very obvious that they're having sex. Like mm-hmm. you just know because you can tell from the pictures that they're fucking. Yeah. And it's so hot. Yeah. Yep. They, I mean, look, they were bored as fuck in the Great Depression. Oh, girl. This is what they were dealing with. I would be Robin and fucking too. Like, no, but I mean like the people like that are eating it up. It's yeah, like this is this is the hottest shit out there. Yep. Um. So that just helps with their fame, their infamy. Yeah. The public loves it. 
And the idea that they're like taking money from the rich people. Right? Yes, a little bit. I did read a little bit a little bit of that here and there that they really kind of played it off like that's what they were doing. Like we're going to take it from like the banks because they're ripping people off and this and that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't go too far into it because quite, quite frankly, I couldn't find a ton of detail on it. Yeah. But yeah, here and there they do mention that. And I know that there's a few good podcasts dedicated to it and I just didn't have time to listen to them. So I bet you a podcast Make would time. No, I, I bet you a podcast would go into more detail. You know, <laughs> fucking podcast, man. Who has time to listen to a podcast? Right. Who does podcasts? <laughs> um. So they, you know, they're robbing banks from Texas to Minnesota. They do a couple kidnappings, a couple hostage situations. They even kidnap some police officers Dang. for money. They amped it up, but to play into their whole like. You know, we're good. We're bad guys, but not that bad of guys thing. They when they take people hostage, they drop them off kind of far from their home, but they leave them some cash to get themselves home. Okay, so, you know, not that bad, I guess. Yeah. Everything's going swimmingly until June 1933. uh, They get into a pretty gnarly car accident that leaves Bonnie's leg super burned, like to the bone burned. Okay. Um. And they obviously can't go seek medical help because they're wanted people. Right. So Clyde and um, Blanche try to do their best they can to nurse Bonnie's leg. But her leg's never the same. She normally, from that point on, hops on her good foot. Or Clyde just carries her. Wow. Um. So still doing the robberies, the kidnappings. And, you know, yeah, of course, if you stood in their way. You might get murked. Right. They're killing people every right. once in a while. Don't get in their fucking way, people. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's their fault. <laughs> Victim blaming at its best. <laughs> July 1933, they check into two cabins in Missouri. Uh, they immediately draw attention to themselves because, first of all, they back the car in. The owner said gangster style is what they called backing the car in so you can make a swift getaway. So you just drive oh, forward. Oh, I'm like, what? I guess fuck? nobody ever did that unless you're trying to make a getaway. So he called it gangster style. Um, I'm going to call it that forever. My husband backs into every parking spot. Gangster style. Super gangster. He's so gangster. That's so cute. Yeah. Um, they black. I would, too, if I was better at backing up. But no one wants to see me back into a car uh, car parking spot. Um, they also black out, block out whatever their windows with like newspaper. Oh, yeah. Which is a little sus. That's a little suspicious. Well, I wonder why. And the women in the party are not acting like the ladies in this town in Missouri are used to acting. They're, they're not wearing, being ladies. They're wearing pants. They're being very, they're acting very unladylike. So that draws suspicion. They're acting very sus. Very sus. Um. So on July 19th, locals finally tip the police off. And they surround the cabins, pounding on the door at 11 p.m., where Clyde and Buck open fire. They start shooting at the police. Buck is shot in the head. Damn. He's still alive. They get away. They jump into their gangster-style parked car and get away. Okay. Um, But the police shoot out two of their tires in a window, injuring one of Blanche's eyes with the broken glass. Okay. They... Clyde drives all night. All through the next day, they only stop to change bandages, change tires. They finally stop to rest 
at Dexfield Park Recreation Area in Iowa, where more than 100 police officers, vigilantes, and farmers are waiting for them. Uh, Clyde and one of his members, W.D. James, open fire to the police officers. Buck is still alive, so he also starts firing, um, but Buck gets shot several times. Clyde, Bonnie, and Jones get out of the car and run. They swim across a river. Um, by the way, Blanche gets arrested. She gets captured. Okay. So you have Buck shot multiple times. Yep. Blanche. After he's already been shot in the head. Right. Blanche gets captured because yeah. she's sitting right next to her shot up husband. Right. So now um, Clyde, Jones, and Bonnie run into the, we'll say forest because it sounds good. Sure. It's a recreation area. So there you I go. picture trees. I do too. They swim across a river. Yeah. Clyde steals a car on the other side of the river okay. and they drive away. Shut the fuck up. Buck dies, unfortunately. Yeah. And like I said, Blanche was captured. Clyde has been shot four times. Bonnie's been hit by hot buckshot pellets. And Jones also shot in the head, but apparently fine because he takes off and just leaves them. Sure. What is sure. What case do we have that where they kept getting shot in the head and everybody was fine? Do you remember that one? <laughs> no, I don't remember anything we talk about ever. I don't remember it the next day. I re-listened to it and then I still forget about it. Yeah, there was one where that's how memorable we are. <laughs> oh, it was um 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 um, um not the Zodiac, uh, Son of Sam. Remember, Son of Sam kept shooting people in the head and they were fine. They would like drive away. Yeah. You're like, what gun is he using? <laughs> true you're like what's the reoccurring theme he's a really shitty shot yeah he's <laughs> a terrible shot <laughs> so now they're worried about being recognized because they're so infamous yeah. people are recognizing them everywhere so they drive through the night they sleep through the day yeah early september they go back to dallas to see their family hide out a little bit um bonnie is especially close to her family <clears throat> and she quite frankly they both need medical attention yeah so their families both their families help seek to their medical needs and you know clyde can't help himself so he does a couple like low-key robberies you know like <laughs> nothing major just something to pass the time just a little quickie here and there um meanwhile jones has been arrested the guy who was shot in the head and left them okay he's been arrested so he didn't just die. I'm literally just picturing him like wandering off into nope, the woods he and gets dying. captured by the police. Okay. And um, he kind of tells them everything and he tells them how close Bonnie and Clyde are to their families and okay. how they see their families. Every few months they go back to Dallas to see their families. Mm -hmm. So the police already know this. They try an ambush and this endangers Bonnie and Clyde's moms. They get kind of caught up in the crossfire. Yep. Everybody makes it out okay, but Clyde's enraged. He's pissed. Don't fuck with my mom. Right. Mm -hmm. So I respect he, it. He wants to go get revenge right away, and they all talk him out of it. Mm. So instead, he focuses on the East Ham prison that fucked him up so badly. Ooh. Those, all those years ago. I think it's only been like two years, but you know, right. a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So January 1934, Clyde leads a breakout at the prison. Where a guard is killed and a few are injured. Several prisoners get away. And then he continues his crime spree, including the murder of two police officers in different shootouts. He's robbing people. 
they're killing police officers. It, they're on a tear. They're wiling out. So the police set a trap knowing how close they are to family in general and okay. people who are close to them. They kind of pinpoint where they would be based on the last robbery, who's in the area, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they decide to set a stakeout at a friend of a family's farm. So it's like one of their members of the of the groups, like a Barrow gang members, like family or whoever yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, it's their farm. Yeah. So they sit a little stakeout. They actually hide on the road leading to the farm, and. On May 23rd at 9.15 a.m., they see Clyde driving up. They come out. They open fire. They unload 130 bullets on the couple, killing them. Clyde's- 130 bullets. The back of- Like, imagine that. The back of Clyde's head is blown open. Yeah. Bonnie's right hand has been completely shot off. Yeah. Their bodies are taken for public view and- just huge crowds of people come to look at their bodies. Right. Um, and despite them saying over and over again that they wanted to be buried together, Bonnie Parker's family is not having that. And they're buried separately in separate cemeteries. That's fucked. Yeah, but also, you know. I know. Picture that's your daughter and this is what her boyfriend's done. I know, but still. So now I'm going to be quoting. I'm this. I'm reading straight off of that ThoughtCo article okay. because they summed it up so nicely that I yeah. just figured why, why not point it. So it says, although they, oh hold on, sorry. And we quote, mm -hmm. quote, although they created a romantic image, two young lovers running from the big bad cops. Clyde's driving skills, Bonnie's poetry and her beauty. It was tarnished by the truth. Though they often captured police who caught up to them and let them off unharmed, hours and hundreds of miles later, they killed 13 people. Some bystanders slain during bunged robberies. Because they never got away with much money when they robbed banks, Bonnie and Clyde were desperate criminals, sleeping in the most recently stolen car and constantly fearing death in a hail of bullets from police ambushes. They were still the stuff of legends. Hmm. There you go. So that is that. That is the tale of Bonnie and Clyde. Wow. So immediately, as soon as you brought up Clyde's toes. <laughs> yes. Right. And his like dragging of the foot or whatever. I'm like, oh, the movie got it fucking wrong. Oh, really? But then you go forward and I realize that we're year like a year or two later or whatever. Okay, and also, before you get into yours, do you want to hear Bonnie's most famous poem? Of course. It's a little long. Yeah. But we're here for it. Yeah. So this started off, the original title, her title for it was The Trail's End. Mm. This is one of the poems they found when they had to leave their apartment real fast. Okay. They found a book of her poetry. Okay. So this was in there. So I don't know if she wrote this in jail or after. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So um, it's called The Trail's End. But then whoever changes the title to, I believe it's the story of Bonnie and Clyde or the ballad of Bonnie and Clyde. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Clear my throat for this one. You've read the story of Jesse James, of how he lived and died. If you're still in need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Now, Bonnie and Clyde are the Barrow gang. I'm sure you all have read how they rob and steal and those who squeal are usually found dying or dead. There are lots of untruths to these write-ups, 
They're not as ruthless as that. Their nature is raw. They hate all the law, the stool pigeons, spotters, and rats. They call them cold-blooded killers. They say they are heartless and mean. But I say this with pride, that once I knew Clyde, he was honest and upright and clean. But the law fooled around, kept taking him down and locking him up in a cell till he said to me, I'll never be free, so I'll meet a few of them in hell. The road was so dimly lighted, there were no highway signs to guide, but they made up their minds. If all roads were blind, they would give up till they died. They wouldn't give up till they died. Sorry, Bonnie. The road gets dimmer and dimmer. Sometimes you can hardly see, but it's fight man to man and do all you can for they know they can never be free. From heartbreak, some people have suffered. From weariness, some people have died. But take it all in all, our troubles are small till we get like Bonnie and Clyde. If a policeman is killed in Dallas and they have no clue or guide, if they can't find a fiend, they just swipe their slate clean and hang it on Bonnie and Clyde. There's two crimes committed in America, not accredited to the Barrow mob. They had no hand in the kidnap demand nor the Kansas City Depot job. A new boy, a newsboy once said to his buddy, I wish old Clyde would get jumped in these awful hard times. We'd make a few dimes if five or six cops would get bumped. The cops haven't got the report yet, but Clyde called me up today. He said, don't start any fights. We're working nights. We're joining the NRA from Irving to West Dallas. Viaduct is known as the Great Divide, where the women are kin and the men are men and they won't stool on Bonnie and Clyde. If they try to act like citizens and rent them a nice little flat, about the third night, they're invited to fight by a sub-guns rat-a-tat-tat. If they don't think they're too smart or desperate, they know that the law always wins. They've been shot at before, but they do not ignore that death is the wages of sin. Someday they'll go down together. They'll bury them side by side. Hmm. Too few it'll be grief, to the law a relief, but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. Oh. So there you go from it's Bonnie like Parker herself. Tragically beautiful. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? That's why I mean, she literally wrote her whole story. The countless movies, songs. I mean, they're part of pop culture. She history. wrote her own story. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I never would have known that even existed had you not read it. Yeah. And there's a bunch more poetry, too. But I feel like that, that really that's their story. what we're talking about. Yeah. That's literally like if you were to put it in a fairy tale and mm-hmm. like give it to a child. That's yep. how you would sum it up. So there you go, guys. Bonnie and Clyde. Crazy. Infamous. Love it. Love it. So you, there's so many movies to choose from. Okay. I hate classic movies. Yes with a passion Mm -hmm. my dad tried so hard (laughs) so hard yeah just it's not in me it's not my thing and i didn't want to like disrespect an old classic with my shitty opinions of it because they're great movies i'm sure i'm never gonna enjoy them yeah so i fucking lucked out yes i got so fucking lucky because they have a modern version correct the 2019 <laughs> the highwaymen starring at least one of my favorites we've got great cast yes. great fucking cast but before we get started Pamela <laughs> or black cherry black cherry that's my favorite okay yas queen papa Mu. in case you are an uncultured swine papa Mu is <laughs> <laughs> grapefruit in french you're welcome. Thanks, LaCroix. Uh, 
forever B and I couldn't figure out what the flavor of Papa Moose was. Remember, we're like, Papa Moose? Because we were fucking wasted the first time we realized what the LaCroix said. We're like, what is, what are we drinking? Yeah, because we use it as um, mixers for our vodka. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we know that Papa Moose is Great Moose. Great Moose. (laughs) (laughs) It's Great Moose. Great Moose. Delicious. (laughs) forever now it will be great move <laughs> all right hit me with the highwayman uh, okay Whew. we see what can only be bonnie and clyde waiting with guns drawn as if something huge is about to fucking happen mm-hmm. right immediately who's playing bonnie and clyde do we know them no okay great Mm-mm. texas 1934 east ham prison farm yeah we watch as a group of prisoners pull hidden guns mm-hmm. from a very specific hiding places. Okay. They know exactly mm-hmm. where to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the sound of a car horn in the distance and gunshots, they fucking pull their guns on the guards. Mm-hmm. And these prison people escape. Yeah, and they're obviously Barrow gang affiliates. Yep, right. And so they're coming out of the woods towards this couple that we are know to be Bonnie and Clyde, and they drive away with as many of these escaped prisoners as they can, mm-hmm. while shooting at the cops the whole time, just trying to give the others an opportunity to get away as well. Yep. Okay. Next, we are introduced to the legendary. Kathy Bates. Okay, Kathy, come through. Right. She plays Ma Ferguson, who runs the prison. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> Let me try not to take down our whole fucking equipment thing. <laughs> With your giant man-sized feet. I know. And she is basically being mobbed by local reporters questioning, like, how could you let this happen? Not only have Bonnie and Clyde been, like, on the run for the past two years, but now they're fucking coming and getting other prisoners out. Yeah. Like, get it together, woman. Right. And she ain't having it. So no answers, no leads. It's suggested to Ma that she ask the help of Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. specifically retired Ranger Frank Hamer. Yep. Played by Kevin Costner. Oh, okay. Okay. It's been a... Well, I was going to say it's been a while since we've seen Kevin Costner, but that's not true. We watch Yellowstone every season. Sorry, go ahead. I don't even know what Yellowstone is. Um, It's a great show, but it's a dramatic show. Okay. Ma argues that she actually had a big hand in um, getting the Rangers, like, taken out of the legislator or whatever, like, disbanding them. Okay. Right? Because she was like, they have no morals. They just fucking shoot people. Okay. And they leave me to deal with their fucking mess. Like they're expensive. All right. They cost me money, whatever. But it's basically pointed out like we have no other choice. We Mm got to get rid of these people. Bonnie and Clyde are just going to keep making you look like a fool. Yep. Hamer is reluctant to come out of retirement. He fucking married up in the depression. He's living it good. Good, good. 
And by the way, can I already tell by the name of the first guy that these are going to be real guys? Mm-hmm. I didn't put their names in there. I didn't go into them. Okay. But there is a lot to do with them in the story of Bonnie and And Clyde. I forgot to point this out. So besides Kevin Costner and the fact that it's 2019 and the other person I'm about to reference really quickly, um, it did say based on a true story and it felt like they were going to be fairly accurate okay so i was very interested and intrigued by the whole thing um anyways so he married up his wife gladys like has a brand new ford okay gladys and the fucking car reminds me exactly of the car that nick and i got married in right classic the black the red rims the everything like Mm -hmm. it's a gorgeous fucking car yep and he has a like guard pig like like a pig named porky because when they come to approach him with the idea of like coming back on to -hmm. take down bonnie and clyde the pig confronts them like comes (laughs) bursting out of the door from from the porch of this gorgeous southern house yeah right and he just like casually walks out like it's all right pig that was a real highlight for you, wasn't it? It really was. <laughs> it really was. You know how much I want a pig. I know. I'm like, she's really going into detail about this pig right now. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> He's reluctant. He's like, I don't want to come out of retirement. I've got it good. I got my pig. Like, okay. I got my new Ford. Yeah. But after... He and his wife, like, they talk about it. And she's like, I don't want you to go back either. That night, the news reports that there's been this big shootout. Mm -hmm. And not only were cops killed, but civilians were killed also. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right. Something's got to be done. Right. Yeah. So it's got to be him. Mm -hmm. But he can't do it alone. Nope. Right. Need a partner. He does. So he goes to... His former partner, Manny Galt. Okay. Played by Woody Harrelson. My boo for life. The second I saw Woody Harrelson. I know which one I'm picking. The second I saw it, I was like, ah, I'm in. I'm in. So (laughs) his character. Oh, my God. So after Hamer sees how fucking like a worthless drunk that Galt's become in retirement. It's a real typecast at this point for Woody. Yeah. yeah. He's basically the same character he was in Hunger Games. Right, which is funny because I don't think Woody even drinks. I think he only smokes. (laughs) I don't think he drinks alcohol. Right. He's living at home with his daughter. His daughter, it's like he's a burden to them. And so he's desperate to like come out of retirement. Yep. And so... After a lot of shit talk, <laughs> Galt argues, at least I'm still above ground. Last I checked, there aren't too many of us rangers left. Oh. So it's kind of me or nothing. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So Hammer's like, fine. And they figure out that Bonnie and Clyde are making a very consistent patterned loop. Mm-hmm. Right? That they keep coming home to Dallas. Yeah. Okay? And so... Easter Sunday is coming up and they have a feeling that they're going to go see Bonnie's mom. Mm -hmm. And apparently wiretaps are a big thing right now. Okay. Like something that's like fairly new, whatever. Again, technology always blows me away. The fact that they had wiretaps, how? How do you do it? How does it work? 
Even telephones still blow my mind that sound travels on wires across the country like back then. Because apparently How? it's like code or whatever whenever Bonnie's mom's making like red beans and cabbage. Like they That know. means that they're coming to yep. town? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right? So they've got this hunch. And so while they're basically like doing a stakeout on Bonnie's mom's house, Galt is expressing his concern that he's never shot a woman before. Oh. Right? Yeah. Like as a ranger. Yeah, yeah. They've shot a lot of guys. And back then things were like, that was a big deal. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And that I appreciated that. It really made me feel I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Especially such a small girl. Mm-hmm. And so Hammer's like, well, obviously our target is Clyde. Mm-hmm. but hopefully if we can take just him down, then, you know, we won't have to kill Bonnie. Yeah. So, you know. Not our girl. She's going down. <laughs> Ride or die. <laughs> so while they're on stakeout, they see a car drive by Bonnie's mom's house, and they throw a bottle into the backyard, mm-hmm. which is quickly returned. And a boy from the neighboring house casually walks up into the yard and picks up the bottle and starts to walk off. And so obviously Galton Hammer are like, this is sus as fuck. Right. So Hammer goes one way and Galt goes the other. And the kid sees them and takes off and is like, you old fucking farts. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Yeah, right. Yeah. And clearly gets away. Right. <laughs> it's a light, light work. Right. Total embarrassment. And not only that, the local police are giving them a real hard time, mm-hmm. not giving them any respect. Just these old, old dogs. Just in the way. Yeah. And they're like, why don't you take your own advice and head home? Oh, my God. Like, you think Bonnie and Clyde are coming home. You can go home. But they do, however, get the respect of the town sheriff who's happy to assist them and offers the assistance of a childhood friend, Ted Hinton. Okay. Any bells no i I started skipping over names right right right. he claims to have grown up with bonnie and clyde and he is used to id them okay right and he describes bonnie basically like you did just amazing yes no this name is yes yes Uh uh-huh okay it was in the article yeah he yeah he grew up with them and i want to say he might have even dated bonnie okay and then they did say it was just a quick sentence saying that he ended up being on the team that takes down bonnie and Clyde. And he he is okay so yes they did have him in the article he has nothing but good things to say really about both of them Mm -hmm. like he it's like basically it came down to like it's a shitty time she got bored he stole a car and it was love at first sight and they just fucking rolled with it right like, he didn't really have a whole lot of judgment, but he's like, I understand what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And as Dallas town deputy to the sheriff, he's like, it's my job to help you guys. So I'm going to ID them for you. But right. Throughout the whole movie, he's just gut wrenched. Yeah. It's so hard for him. Yeah. And I will say um, a little flashback to Bonnie's husband. What was his name? Roy? Yeah. Something like that. Um, she was actually still wearing her wedding ring when they killed her. Because they never divorced. They never divorced. Yeah. She was still wearing the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. And then when they told Roy what happened, he said that basically they made the right decision that it was better to go out fighting than it was to be like captured and put in these prisons. Right. 
So, you know, that's a little update on Roy. And then he actually tried to um, break out of prison in the 30s. Of course. And got killed in the attempt. Sounds accurate. (laughs) Okay. So, remember, Hamer and Galt are thinking that Bonnie and Clyde are going to come home for Easter Sunday. The red beans and cabbage, whatever. That doesn't happen. But nearby in Grapevine... Mm. Two officers are shot and killed. Oh, dear. Okay. So, again, the local police are like, hmm. You know, we hear there's plenty of red beans and cabbage left at mom's house. If you guys want to sit this one out and go get something to eat and we'll go take care of the real crime. Assholes. Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, But once they do get to the crime scene... Of course, they point out all the significant shit, mm-hmm. right? So, for instance, one being the drag marks in the dirt road, mm-hmm. which is from Bonnie. So, originally, when you were telling the story about the toes, I'm like, oh, well, then it should have been Clyde dragging the foot or whatever. But then you, it was. It's they from ex- her burnt leg. They, and which they do explain later, which she did get in the car accident and the mm-hmm. whole to do. Right. And he explains that right now. He's like, she drags her foot because that happened. Yeah. And she, and the officer that she shot, not only did she shoot him first in the back before he died, she flipped him over. So that she would look at him in the eyes when she shot him and killed him. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, that feels like a little bit of. They make them out to be way more like savages, like way more hardcore. And I think that's true of like the cops back in actual Bonnie and Clyde days. I think they were really pushing. If you're you're doing a movie in a cop point of view. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, For sure. And so the, like, I'd say, like, the poor and, like, working class citizens, they see the Bonnie and Clyde as a Robin Hood figure. So yep. they're not offering up a whole lot of help. Yep. That's true in real life, too. Yeah. yeah. So one day while getting gas, they feel, Hamer feels like he's got a hunch, like, this is the only fucking gas station within so many miles. Like, mm-hmm. they had to have come here. Mm-hmm. And so he asks the attendant. And the attendant's like, no, bro. Mm-mm. Don't know who you're talking about. Right? Who? who? No. What? Don't mm-hmm. know anything. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> so Hammer tries to bribe, because remember, he got bank. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll give you some fucking money. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, it's not doing it either. So then he manhandles the shit out of this guy. Oh. Right. But like, Galt's got to like pull him back. Okay. But he like pulls at his heartstrings. Like, think about the people that are dying. And the families that they aren't going home to. And this and that. Like, just think about it from this point of view. And so eventually he does describe that they are in a blue sedan with black tires. The woman has a white bunny. What? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was very specific. Okay. And they were headed to a migrant camp in the area. So trying to plan their next move or whatever, the Radio Bulletin um, notifies the Rangers of another shooting in Oklahoma, which is outside of their jurisdiction, which yeah. you'd said that the state they, line situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck. They literally drive right through that shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, nope. They're all, we don't give a fuck. We're nope. known for breaking the rules. Uh-huh. Us old people. We're we fucking, care. we're Rangers. We give zero fucks. 
And they knew that Bonnie and Clyde had to have then been heading to the nearest town. They're going to need supplies. And they know that Bonnie's in pain, right? Mm -hmm. They're constantly stopping for like cigarettes and pain meds and all this shit. And so um, Galt sees them drive up behind a business because he's peeing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and drinking. Mm -hmm. So the hammer won't see him. And they're like fans are drawn to them. Like someone notices them and then they're swarmed by all these like adoring people that like want to like take a picture or just like see them or whatever. And so that gives Galt the time to get back to Hammer and be like, bro, it's them. Like it's on. Mm -hmm. But like you pointed out, it's the Dust Bowl. So during their high speed chase, Bonnie and Clyde go off roading Uh and lose them in the dust. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's reported at a diner in Armarillo, 450 miles away. Bonnie and Clyde have already been there and gone. Like they had breakfast and bounced. And so the the rangers head back to Bonnie's family home in Dallas. And um, basically the whole town is like in lockdown. They've Mm -hmm. got borders up or whatever, like kind of like, you know, that episode. (laughs) <laughs> where they had borders put up the walking fucking, dead no the guy in the mask our episode our podcast you gotta help me out remember i have no memory because i'm the stoner uh, i have no idea the lover's lane oh texarkana yes the yeah. lover's lane that's the one see like you've thought of it all on yourself it took a really long time so <laughs> i was trying to find out about bonnie and her rabbit i was really intrigued when you said that because i just got done reading a hundred articles about bonnie and clyde no and one mentioned a fucking rabbit it's gotta be a movie thing no no it says bonnie's leg was horribly burnt on easter sunday 1934 they sat in a car waiting to rendezvous with bonnie's beloved mother for whom she had bought a white rabbit there there you go and apparently what you're saying in your movie is that that rendezvous never happened. So she probably got stuck with this fucking bunny. <laughs> All right. Facts, people. I don't know. Facts. That's just what Google popped up. I do not know oh. if it's facts or not, but that's just what I read. Oh, my God. That's the best. Okay. So they head back to the family home, which is under lockdown. Hey, but look at this. Bonnie somehow managed to get the fucking rabbit to her mom. There you go. Right. Well, okay. Because people aren't saying shit. They're mm-hmm. getting in and out without anybody caring. Again, They're true in real life, too. Some people fucks. squeal every once in a while, but for the most part, you know, people are not snitching on Bonnie and Clyde. So feeling hopeless, Hamer attempts to talk to Clyde's dad. He describes his little boy as talented. My little Huck Finn, blah, blah, blah. Aww. Clyde makes the mistake of stealing a chicken at a young age, and then from there, he, like, tries to... Po- put it on the police like they always kind of saw him as a bad seed after that Mm -hmm. so he just rolled with it Mm -hmm. so hamer questions like why he would even steal the chicken in the first place i was like bro it's the great depression like who's not gonna steal a fucking i will say this is something the movie changed it was turkeys oh dang okay buck would steal that's i didn't put it in because it sounded like such a dumb thing to put in they put it in the movie nope him and Mm -hmm. buck started off stealing turkeys Mm -hmm. and eventually made their way up to cars there we go (laughs) there we go love that okay it's my favorite part of the podcast i know (laughs) all right so basically clyde's dad gets to the point where he's like look you're gonna have to kill my kid yeah. Like, I don't want to see him get the, um, 
state hanging or the electric chair or whatever at this point, you mm-hmm. know? And he's just like, you need to kill my kid. That's the only way any of this is going to end. Yeah. So Hamer takes that on, that whole burden and responsibility. And he's like, all right, this is happening. So they head for a bar to find associates of the Barrow gang. And they do get a lead that Bonnie's made herself a hair appointment at her mom's house. What? A hair appointment. A hair appointment at her mom's house. Well, yeah, because like that's the only safe place for her in Dallas. Okay. So is a hairdresser coming to her mom's yes. house? Got it. That's where it was confusing me. I'm like, is her mom a hairdresser? No. no okay. So a hairdresser's yes. meeting. You know me. As soon as you said hair appointment, mm-hmm. I perked up. No, I know. So mm-hmm. the hairdresser's meeting her at her mom's house. Yes. So Fantastic. again, they're surveilling the house. They see the hairdresser enter through the front door. We see the man drive by with the bottle. Again. Throwing the bottle. The same fucking kid. Yep. Same old song and dance, but clearly this time they fucking figured it out. Yeah. Right. And they got the motherfucker. And the bottle says, headed for greener pastures. See you next time around. Mm-hmm. They clearly know something's up. Yes. And that they can't stop. So suspecting the man from the bar who gave them their lead also tipped off Bonnie and Clyde. They head to his house and he's been beaten to death. Oops. <sighs> so they're ready to give up. Mm-hmm. They're fucking done. They're like, we're old. <laughs> like, fuck it. The cops think they can do it. Let them do it. And they're like, let's just fucking f- just go back home. But as they think about going back home, mm-hmm. their whole theme has been going back home. Criminals always go back home. He's like, well, maybe it's. We've been focusing so hard on Bonnie and Clyde going back home. What about the other gang members with them? Right. Okay. So we get to Bienville Parish, Louisiana. That's the right place. Home of escaped gang member Henry Methvin. Oh, sorry. I thought it was Hamilton. No, Henry Methvin and his father, Ivy. Okay. So, again, having zero jurisdiction yep, in fucking Louisiana. Cares. They try to act like they think the Louisiana cops are going to be dirty. Mm-hmm. They just assume. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, how are we going to approach this? We don't want them to think that we're like cops, right? Okay. How, what are you going to be if you're not cops? Like PIs? No. So, they send Woody in mm-hmm. almost as like part of the gang like i need you to like get this money and this message and you know like and the cops like we ain't fucking dirty and then he whips out his badge and he's like we ain't fucking dirty either (laughs) okay he did the uno reverse card (laughs) very much the uno reverse (laughs) card i love that uh so they headed off anyways and the local local sheriff is like of course we're gonna help you so they confront ivy Okay. The dad. And they offer him a deal. So if you give us access to Bonnie and Clyde, we will get your son off. Okay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> he reveals the gang has a rule. If they're ever separated, they lay low for a couple days and then they reconvene at his house, at oh, Ivy's house. Okay. Right. They they let things calm down and that that's their meeting point. Okay. Okay. And the only way in and out of his place is on Wrangell Road. And so he's like, once my boy's been cleared, they're all yours. Mm -hmm. 
He gets confirmation that his son has gotten away and that Bonnie and Clyde um, will be coming from the south and they basically use him and his truck to stage yes. as if it's broken down. 100% true. Okay. Accurate. Yep. I love it when this happens. Something I didn't put in because I'm like, ugh. So many names. I have to explain who everybody and is. And I got you, girl. I we'll got just say you. that it's a family friend. See, but yes, they use the truck. They make it look like it's broken down on the side of the road. And here I am sitting, listening to the beginning of everything that I know nothing about. And I'm like, oh, the movie is not going to be accurate at all. No, and I'm, movie's and super accurate. Okay, on point. It. On point with the movie, just from a different point of view. Uh huh. And so Hammer and Galt are with the local police that are supporting them and they're in what they call the blind in the Mm -hmm. woods. Right. And Hamer gives like this big speech, like you all need to stay back. Like, don't get in the line of fire. I'll be the one. Yeah. Very Kevin Costner. Yeah. You know, it's time to shine. Yeah. I'll be the one that takes the lead. And Woody's just sitting there like, all right, bro. (laughs) Sipping his whiskey. Mm -hmm. So when Bonnie and Clyde do eventually stop, to help Ivy, Hamer does emerge from the woods with his gun drawn. And we see Bonnie and Clyde in their car, each of them being the fucking badass savages that they are already have a weapon in hand. Yeah, of course. Right. So at this point, it would have been two against one if Hamer had gotten what he asked for. Yeah. But fucking Woody Harrelson comes out. <laughs> Spoiler alert, everybody. And fucking they unload, like yeah. you said. They go fucking off. Even when they think they're dead. They're still going. They keep, yeah, they keep firing. And you can see pictures online, guys, of the car, everything. dead in the car. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to, it's not my cup of tea. No. And so Hinton IDs the bodies on site and the bullet riddled car with the bodies inside is towed through Arcadia, Louisiana and is literally mobbed by the onlookers. We see the people in the movie literally like jumping through the windows and like trying to sh- like strip take their bodies. Pieces of, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just take anything. Yeah. Anything off of their dead bodies. Yep. It's crazy. That's true too. Yeah. People were trying to like cut pieces off their body and yes. stuff. Galt and Hammer are offered $1,000 to do an interview with the Associated Press. And back then, that's like a billion dollars now. Listen, $19,000. Wow. nineteen. I actually thought it was going to be like $100,000. No, still, but still, wow. $19,000 back then, though? Yeah. like Life-changing. Right? Well, except for a homeboy who's married to a rich person. But they refuse. Mm-hmm. Just like, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah. Right? And good old Ma takes all the credit. Hey, here she comes. All the fucking credit. Like, I knew Hamer and Galt would get the job done. (laughs) I knew all along this was the best choice. All right, Kathy. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And it's followed by actual crime scene footage of the shootout and all that shit that we talked about and these facts. 20,000 people attended Bonnie's funeral held in in Dallas. Okay. 15,000 attended Clyde's. In 1935, Ma left office and the Texas Rangers were reconstituted. Okay. Galt returned to work as a ranger Mm -hmm. until his death in 1947. 
Oh, so he didn't last too much longer. Hamer is considered the most celebrated Texas Ranger of all time and goes back into retirement with his wife until he dies in 1955. Mm-hmm. And both of the Rangers are buried in the same Austin Memorial Cemetery together. So they got to be buried together. But Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> didn't end the fact that the movie fucking put that in there. Oh, my God. Now yeah. it's like such a weird little. Yeah. Wow. So the Highwaymen kind of like the antithesis of like like the opposite of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. But it had that like humor that I needed, that comic relief. Yeah, just the way that is going to be at least a little funny. No, the way that it was done, it was. I really enjoyed the movie. I'll have to watch it. It's really good because I remember seeing it on Netflix and just kind of skipping past it. Mm -hmm. But um, I'll definitely watch it now. Yeah. And do you how much? So you don't get very much Bonnie and Clyde action though, right? No, Mm -mm. very little. Mm -mm. All right, just the big scenes but like you open with them right yeah. which is exciting and the whole idea about it but yeah it's very much so from the two old fucking men <laughs> driving their Amazing. fucking uh, bougie ass ass car through <laughs> states love it so out of five knives i'm gonna give it a four four knife review yeah. another one yeah perfect I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna give it a four we love it yeah it was good I know it's so funny. Bonnie and Clyde is such a um, piece of like pop culture that I don't know if I want to say I take it for granted, but it's just something that's always there. You always really, know about them. Really quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it to a four point five because I'm not taking to effect that the shootings were very graphic. There was oh. there was very much visual of like brain matter. Whoa, and crazy skull fragment, and it they. They did a very good job All with right. the blood splatter. So I'm going to I'm going to bump it to a 4. 4.5 4. Yeah. knives. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good no rating. they they shot the fuck out of people whether it be Bonnie and Clyde or the cops or whoever. Yeah. Yeah, they showed they, it. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the perks of being on Netflix, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a Netflix original. It is, that's what I mean. Yeah. When I say it's on Netflix, I mean it's a Netflix original. Yeah, I mean fucking come on ball out Netflix. I I mean listen. They have great shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say is they're such a piece of pop culture. You always know about them. Like my daughter knows about them. Like Lila, she right. was like reading over my shoulder. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, what's the case on? And I'm all, oh, it's on Bonnie and Clyde. And I started explaining and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know about them? She's like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then what are you so interested for? Like, get right. out of here. But- you can read, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, it is such a part of like, I'm. I don't know our history or whatever. Yeah. But it was very, I don't want to say sweet because they still killed people. At the end of the day, they're murderers and they did kill people who did not have to be killed. Mm -hmm. They killed innocent people. But it is, there is something sweet about it. The way she put it, the way Bonnie put it in her own words. Yeah. There is something sweet about it. Even something sweet about them visiting their family every couple months. Clyde carrying her after she got the leg burn. Like there is sweetness to it. That so that's the one thing tugs at the old heartstrings. The movie didn't do right because Bonnie was able to drag the leg. So yeah. that would have been Clyde, right? Clyde would have had, her. To, yeah, yeah. Or she would like maybe when she like hopped, she would right. drag it a little bit. But yeah, yeah. You know, so Bonnie and Clyde infamous I for really, a reason. I 
as soon as you text me, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Unless y'all, I think it's Fade Dunaway, who's the original or whatever. The OG. Yeah. Which is also on Netflix, right? Because when I Googled it or when I put it in, both of those came up. And yeah. I was like, thank the fucking Lord for Highwaymen. And if we could somehow afford the licensed music, which we couldn't, we would play you O3 Bonnie and Clyde by Jay Z right now, but. You know, we're not there yet until you guys start giving us Oh, <laughs> uh, world famous podcasts aren't yeah. there yet. Like Joe Rogan won't play like regular music on his shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also to be fair, like just because I don't like classic movies, I also really didn't want to hate on a movie that I'm sure. Because you know that it probably is good. You're just picky. Exactly. About what you like. Exactly. I'm hard to please. It's yeah. me. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's, it's just def- you're a bitch. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, for so sure. the fact that I got a fucking Woody Harrelson movie out of it. Come on, bitch. Love it. And I'm a classic movie fan. And I can't remember. I know I've, I know for a fact I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. I remember her wearing really great berets in it. And scarves. Yeah. And Which the- is, you know, it's whatever. But um, that's, I don't. I kind of remember her fashion more than the actual movie. Right. And I feel that it's people who dress up as Bonnie and Clyde are dressing up as people in that movie. In the movie versus Not the real the, Bonnie correct. and Clyde. And I'm trying with my look tonight to really go for the real. B showed up with two outfits. I showed up with a fucking suitcase. A, a whole ass suitcase. And I was like, maybe it's a prop. Maybe it's like Bonnie on the run. She has her suitcase. And she's like, no, no, this is just to hold my clothes. Which is pretty funny. Because you say two outfits. I say three. You say three because my brother now lives in Wisconsin. His girlfriend is from Wisconsin. And so you showed up with your cheese hat. Which you guys won't be getting pictures of because we hope to incorporate it into something else. That's later. right. Someday, but any chance I get to fucking wear my cheese hat. So the next Wisconsin serial killer we get, we're busting out the cheese hat. B was very upset that we didn't think of this for Ed Gain. 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 However you say it. That's the way that Lori said Gain. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I love it. I know. When she talks, you don't hear it very often. She's like my stepmom, but you'll hear it every once in a while. Yeah. Usually when she hits her vowels, uh-huh. you're like, oh, yeah. There yeah, it is. there it is. It's yeah. so cute. Go, go get some pop. <sighs> so, yeah. Great. Fantastic. Anything else? Anything else you're doing? I'm only watching Survivor. I'm not going to update you guys on Survivor because I'm watching old seasons of Survivor. I'm watching like epi- uh, season like 22 right now. I will note that if we do happen to go that deep in the outfits that my my original choice is to go with Bonnie. Uh-huh. But I do also have the Clyde and it's actually my husband's suit from our wedding. There it is. Mm-hmm. Hold on. You guys are going to hear a TikTok for a half a second. Oh, God. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> Hold on. TikTok madness. I know. I'm sorry. TikTok, there we go. TikTok. I was trying to get to our people, our mm. person, our person who liked us. It our is people. Christina Kennedy, 1985. <gasps> <gasps> Are you our age, <gasps> Christina? Oh, my God. Hey, Christina Kennedy. Thank you so much for your comments. We really appreciate you. We love your profile picture yeah. of SpongeBob. And your comments really made our, our day. It did. We made our week. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate all of our listeners. All of you. Listen, if there's only three of you, God damn it, do we appreciate the three of you. Yeah. Especially the ones we don't know makes it that much better. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you could leave us a, a rating, if you feel like we deserve it. Because apparently that's what people do. And yeah. if you know someone who has an iPhone, maybe tell them <laughs> that we exist. Because apparently... I know. I just learned from Ben that you can... <laughs> I don't want to say it. Oh, God. You can listen to iTunes even if you don't have a, an iPhone. Oh, fuck Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that you, just anybody could listen to like It's Apple like a Spotify stuff. or whatever. Yeah. It's just something you have. I think it, so. it can be played on any device. Well, great. I don't know if that's true. I think it might be true, though. Then why be called Apple if you can be played on something other than an Apple device? I don't know. I was a little blown away by it. Right? <laughs> he can't be right about everything, but look at us. You know, Neither that really pisses we. me off on TikTok. They really have a lot of slander for Android users. They really hate Android users. I haven't gotten to that TikTok. Oh, just, I will fight with that just TikTok. Just listen. In general, everybody hates Android users. What? The iPhone community feels like they're so much better than us. No. They feel like we are just pour trash in the gutter and they are so much better we talk about me getting canceled and here you are calling out (laughs) on the platform that we want listeners apple i'm like fuck iphones the one platform that doesn't listen to us (laughs) well that's right see they won't ever hear it so perfect anywho um all right to see pictures of b's multiple looks of the week i'm so excited for this we are THC podcast on Instagram, THC true on Twitter that I never post on Twitter, true Hollywood crime, Facebook fan page, all streaming sites, refer people, tell a friend, tell a family, review it. But if you don't become a family member, come on, that's fine. Drink Listen, the Kool-Aid. You don't have to do anything. We really don't care Drink if you're the Kool-Aid. listening to this Drink and smoking it. a joint. That is good enough for us. We do not care at all. Be with us. <laughs> become one with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We love you. And we will. See you next time. Bye. Bye.